0: Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of astrology, which house system is really the best. Hello, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe. For this is the path of Socrates. My friends, I'm almost afraid to do this podcast episode. Now you might think, what? Why would I be afraid of that? I've done others on this scandemic, pandemic, on vaccines, on Trump, on many controversial issues. Why would it be afraid to do one on astrological house systems? Well, let me tell you. People are people. I guess nobody can argue with that. And in general, people believe what they want to believe. That is, they're not guided first and foremost by reason or by logic or by sound experimentation or even by their higher intuitions. They adopt certain beliefs, picking them out as they go along, about, well, in any area, and they attach themselves to those beliefs, and for them to let those beliefs go is one of the hardest things for a human to do. It's something that's always mystified me a bit, because I never had that much trouble with that process. That is, Yes, I'm, I have certain beliefs that I'm convinced of. But if I find solid counter evidence or evidence that I haven't been reasoning properly, I'll change my reasoning. I'll change my beliefs. I've done that in a number of areas. But I've come to see myself as an exception to the rule. Because most people will just have their beliefs in some area, whether it's religion, whether it's politics, and astrology, And once those beliefs have been solidified in their minds, it's almost impossible to change them. Now, talking about a subject such as astrology houses, that seems so harmless, doesn't it now? But let me tell you, Jeffrey Dean, in his wonderful book, 1976, Recent Advances in Natal Astrology, that even though he's turned away from astrology, I recommend everybody look for an old edition of that book it really gets you thinking about a lot of things in astrology and astrology should be more scientific astrologers complain oh why don't scientists take us seriously well my fellow astrologers i could give you a whole list of reasons why they don't take you too seriously because so many of you treat astrology as as a relig- religion and not as a science now Astrology doesn't have to be 100% scientific. Psychology isn't 100% scientific. Psychiatry certainly is not 100% scientific. I, I could sing a song about such areas, and I will in the future in podcast episodes. What I'm saying is there's some things that are extremely scientific, mathematics, for example, physics. And then there are all these other areas that would like to be sciences like psychology, but they're not really strict sciences. I've no mathematicians that totally reject psychology. That's not science. That's that's pseudoscience. And in a sense, very real sense, they're right. And when they say it about astrology, they're right about that as well. This doesn't mean that psychology is ridiculous and not valid. I mean we can learn a lot through psychology, I certainly have. Or through philosophy, and philosophy is certainly not an exact science. And through astrology, and that's certainly not an exact science. Nonetheless, Uh, in my view, uh, when I see the way a lot of astrologers act, that they're looking back, let's see what Ptolemaeus said 2,000 years ago, or let's see what uh, Morinos Mohan said 400 years ago. That'd be like, imagine in science, we want to know something about botany. Well, let's see what Aristotle wrote. Well, no, we don't. Who cares what Aristotle wrote? You see what I mean? Astrologers, because I guess they're art slash science, isn't developing as much as they'd like to, then they go back to these ancients thinking to find the great truths back there. I have nothing against reading the ancients. I've done it in part myself. But I'm telling you, that's not the path for astrology. Now, when we get to house systems, let me ask you something. How many house systems are there? Can you tell me? Come on, quickly. How many house systems are there? Some of you have been saying, I bet nobody can tell me. I certainly couldn't tell you. I know in our program, Omnicycles, go to omnicycles.com, you can download it for free. Magnificent program that for a few years now we've been offering for free. We might charge in the future, but not for this basic. Basic It's not really basic. It's really pretty advanced. But not, not for this version. In the future, we we'll plan to add some fantastic things. Then we might charge for that version. But you get this for free. It does all sorts of things. and I'm using my program, our program, Juan Man, myself. He's a Spanish friend of mine who is the programmer. I design it. He, he programs it. Uh, Omni cycles, by the way, O-M-N-I-C-Y-C-L-E-S. I'll put a link to that in the description to this, so you can just go directly there and get the program. I'm looking at the health systems we have there, and this is by no means totally comprehensive. We have Alcabitio system, Campanus, equal from the Ascendant, equal from the Midheaven, Koch, Meridian, Morinus, Placidus porphyry, retromontanus, topocentric, the east point, the east point starting with zero Aries, f- starting from the sun, 12 houses, starting from the moon, starting from the moon, zero Aries, from, starting from the moon's node, starting from the moon's node, zero Aries, Aries starting from the antivertex, <laughs> antivertex zero Aries, or then no houses at all. you know There was one school of astrologers started, well, cosmobiology, cosmobiology of Reinhold uh, Ebertin in Germany, and they didn't use houses because they got fed up with all the debates. Now, Jeffrey Dean, as I mentioned before, mentioned some astrological conference he went to back, I guess, early 70s. And, you know, there are groups of astrologers. Some swore by Placidus or by Campanos or by whatever. And it said they got into a discussion. They were about to hit each other. They were arguing so much. That's always a sign, in my view, that really nobody's right, or, or at least a lot of them aren't listening. Because, for example, somebody says... I'm going to present an idea here. Two plus two equals four. Well, first of all, everybody knows it. Well, some fool that doesn't know it, you could easily prove it. The fact that they're arguing so... It reminds me of religion. That's why I compare astrology to religion. That's what they did in religion for hundreds of years. Arguing with each other, even killing each other. Because some were saying, ridiculous thing. Jesus Christ is co-eternal with God. God the Father, that is. Jesus Christ is God. And he existed just as long as did God the Father. Others said, well, no, he's the Son, therefore he came afterwards. And for things like that to be killing each other, going at each other's throats for hundreds of years. Look at the religion wars back in that, well, <laughs> go back even further, but say 16th century, 17th century. Look at the things they were arguing about. And it's the same in astrology. One says, Placidus is the best system that always works for me. Oh, no, 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 Koch is the best system that always works for me. That's more scientific. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I mean, really, like little children in a sandbox. Now, I'll tell you, when I start with astrology, and for many of you, <laughs> I'm sure you resonate with what I'm going to say, I started with Placidus Houses. Why? Did I do a thorough study of the of the uh, astronomy behind Placidus Houses? No. It's just that the first books I read used Placidus Houses because I started back in the 70s. And back then, most of the books used Placidus houses, and we didn't have computers then. We used tables to do it, and the only tables you could find were for Placidus, so for years I used Placidus houses. Then I found Koch houses living in Germany. They came out in Germany before they did in America. They were more widespread in Germany, so I started using Koch houses. I did a few little studies, small scale, nothing definitive. And it looked to me like Koch was a little bit better than other systems. But I only had like 30 examples that i used, so that wasn't very definitive right but something always bothered me about this these systems and i'll tell you what it is and I'm, you've probably read about this as well maybe you haven't if you're a beginner in astrology what bothered me with was this when you do charts for people if they're born on the equator no problem but the further north you go the more these systems become extreme you know charts like that right where Maybe in one chart you have, and this is always a case if you have, for example, uh, the Midheaven is zero Cancer, and so the Ascendant is zero Aries, no problem. But if the Midheaven, like in my case, is mid-Libra, then your Ascendant, well, it could be square to that, mid-Capricorn, if you're born in the Ascendant. But the further north you go, the further south, the more it deviates, and that angle between the Midheaven and the Ascendant is no longer 90 degrees. In my case, it's only 69 degrees. If I were born in the north of Sweden, it might only be I don't know 40 degrees. If we're born well in the north, it might only be you know 30 degrees, whatever. In other words, you have some really small houses and some really big houses. The further north you go, or the further south, but usually it's further north. If you well, there's much more population in the northern hemisphere, right? When I lived in Germany, if I did a chart, well, I lived in Kassel, 51 degrees north, and so this. This ex- extreme situation, the angle between the midheaven and the ascendant not being 90 degrees, it would sometimes only be like maybe 60 degrees, 55 degrees. You're born in Hamburg, there's a little less. If you're born in Sweden, especially in the north, well, you get to a point around the Arctic Circle where the house systems collapse. What does that mean? It means your midheaven is the same point as the ascendant. In other words, six houses don't exist, <laughs> right? If you imagine the midheaven and the ascendant being the same point, you have Six houses that are tremendously huge, each one is 60 degrees out of 30, and six of them don't exist. If you're a little further south of that, we do a chart. Well, okay, between the midheaven and the ascendant, and I've experimented, I've seen charts where where there's only 30 degrees difference between your midheaven and your ascendant. And what does that mean? That means the three of the houses are only about 10 degrees wide. When, well, in the other side, too, of the chart, in the lower half. So you, you have six houses that are only 10 degrees in size. And the other is like 50 degrees in size. And some astrologers say, well, for that person, six areas of life aren't that important, but six areas are much more important. And I think, oh my God, what kind of nonsense is this? Because I saw it as a simple problem of the astronomical realities of how the house systems are constructed. Well, in 2016, finally, what we added in our program a module that can convert, it's several steps, but you can convert your chart into coordinates to put onto Google Earth, and you can see exactly where your planets are, that is where their zeniths are, in other words, you can see the point on the Earth that's directly under the sun at the moment you're born, directly under the moon, right, directly where the ascended is, the midheaven, and I spent months, I mean really many hours a day, going into the astronomical realities of what makes house systems. And everything I came up with confirmed my suspicions of many years. Okay, I hope you're sitting down, especially if you're an older astrologer who's been doing, say, Placidus or Koch or Campanus, any of these systems. I hope you're sitting down. I hope you're a patient person and you don't want to send me a letter bomb when you hear this or don't just want to destroy me because I'm going to say something so outside of the box and for you, maybe so revolutionary, if you're older, you might have you might not be able to accept it because you're too set in your ways. I might be about to turn 66 in November, but I'm not so set in my ways that I'm not willing to change even my most dearly held views if I get counter evidence. So please expand your mind, open your minds here. right? I'm going to tell you something that you're probably not going to like and you're probably going to just totally hate. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Okay, here it is. Any house system that you that insists on using the midheaven for cusp ten and the ascendant for house one is a flawed house system and should not be used. Period. Once again, any house system such as Placidus, you use the midheaven for cusp ten and the ascendant for cusp one. Campanos does the same thing. Koch does the same thing. Alcobitius does the same thing. What other systems we have? Porphyry does the same thing. Regimontanus does the same thing. Topocentric does the same thing. Any of these house systems are astronomically and therefore astrologically not valid house systems and should never be used. Oh, I can just hear what's going on in your mind. You're probably outraged. Maybe you're laughing. Oh, that David must be a total fool. How could he say such a thing? Well, we all know that Placido is the best system or Koch or whatever. And we all know that Midheaven must be cusp 10 and Ascendant must be cusp 1. No, my friends, that's not the case. And I say, if you believe that, you have not studied the astronomy behind this as much as I have. No doubt about it. What mystifies me is that even some people who have studied astronomy still use these health systems. Because they insist on using the Midheaven is house 10 and the Ascendant is house 1. Now, maybe in the future I'll do a video about this and I'll show you exactly what I mean with Google Earth. But but here I just want to do it. I don't have the video set up and everything to do this, uh, to show you all of this. But basically it's this. The Ascendant is a point that by definition is always on the ecliptic. Basically it's always on the ecliptic. What is the ascendant? The ascendant in your chart, it must fulfill a couple of requirements. It must be on the ecliptic. It must be 90 degrees from your place of birth, this point called the ascendant, and it must be to the east of that point. That is, it's the point on the horizon because the horizon is a great circle that goes around your place of birth. It divides the earth into two parts. On one pole is your place of birth. Say you're born in Granada, Spain. I know some of my listeners are. <laughs> you put Granada, Spain as the pole of this. And then you divide the earth into two parts. The top half with Granada at the pole. As if it were the northern hemisphere, so to speak. And then you have the horizon. that's the circle that every point on that circle is 90 degrees from Granada. If you're born in Baltimore, as I was, then Baltimore becomes the pole. And the horizon is the great circle that divides the earth into two parts. And every point on that horizon is exactly 90 degrees from Baltimore. Well, I say exactly. Actually, the earth is not totally spherical, so, but we're going to leave that aside for now. So the ascendant, once again, must be on the ecliptic. It must be 90 degrees from your place of birth. And it's that point in the ecliptic... 90 degrees from from place of birth, that's on that's well, it's 90 degrees from place of birth, that is, it's on your horizon, it's on the ecliptic, and it's the point of ecliptic to the east. The descendant is is the opposite in that sense, it must also be on the ecliptic, it must also be 90 degrees from place of birth, but it's that point on your horizon on the ecliptic, right? That intersection between ecliptic and horizon that's to the west of your place of birth that defines the ascendant and descendant that's a perfectly valid axis it defines what's in the visible half from your point of view that is above the horizon and what's in the lower half the night half from your point of view well unless you're born at night that will be the day half but you know what i mean that part that's visible from your place of birth well not not totally visible and well Let's say, like when the sun goes up, it's on the horizon. When it goes down, it's on the that is. Excuse me, it's on the ascendant, but going up into your twelfth house. When it's descending, it's on your it's on the descendant of your place where you are, where the sun is setting. Right? The ascendant is perfectly valid axis. Now, there's some astrologers, and there have been a long time, they said no. We have to use the ascendant, and the cusp ten should be the point ninety degrees from the ascendant. In other words, not the Midheaven, because with only two exceptions during the day, the Midheaven is not 90 degrees from the Ascendant, unless you're born on the equator. And that angle could vary. It could be a very small angle between the Midheaven and the Ascendant, as I said earlier, if you're born like in north of Sweden or in Canada, northern Canada especially. And eventually it collapses that system. The further north you go to get back to that subject, You do somebody from north of Sweden and you see, my God, between the Midheaven and the Ascendant is only 20 degrees at these really tiny houses. But then on the other hand, these six really big houses, right? And that's ridiculous. I always saw that as ridiculous. But then you get to a point when you go north when the Midheaven is the same point as Ascendant. Then you get to a point where the Midheaven is below your Ascendant, not above it. In other words, the entire system has collapsed. In other words, with the house systems, all of the house systems that I mentioned whether Alcabitius, Campanus, Koch, Meridian, uh, uh, Meridian, no, that's a different, sorry, sorry that's, that's a bit different, won't get into that now. Placidus, Porphyry, Retromontanus, topocentric all of these systems totally collapse if you go f- uh, far north enough. For me, that was always the worm and the beautiful apple. In other words, you have this beautiful apple. House systems, Placidus, oh, look at my Placidus system, it always works for me, you ever hear the first It works for me. I'm going to talk about that in a separate that, – that's self-delusion in great part. I'm going to explain why once again. You see, I'm an iconoclast, but a truth-seeking iconoclast. In other words, I'm not like the kid that lives on a farm and delights himself chasing the chickens around to ruffle their feathers You know, just because he wants, excitement, wants to bother these chickens. I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers with this talk. I'm not – that's not my goal. It's not my goal to run around ruffling anybody's feathers. It's my goal to seek the truth. And if in seeking the truth, I come to certain conclusions, if, if, if my conclusions ruffle feathers, I don't care. Think through what I'm saying. Don't say, oh my God, that David Bolton, talking against all these health systems. We must be crazy or he's not really an astrologer. He's, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, some kind of negationist planted by the scientific community, he hates astrologers, I any mean, such nonsense. Uh, don't think that. Uh, I am an astrologer, I've thought more deeply about these things. This might sound arrogant, but like to quote Will Sonnet, no brag, just fact. I've thought more deeply about these things than well over 90% of astrologers, professional astrologers. Uh, Yes, I have, I know it, because most professional astrologers just accept certain techniques and certain ways of doing things, and then they have their clients, their courses, whatever, and they don't really think deeply. They don't continue to question. Continue to question, which is what we do if we're in the path of Socrates. And no, that's not a preparation for ending this talk yet. (laughs) I try to weave that in there. We who are in the path of Socrates think this way. Okay, goodbye now. No, I'm not going to do that to you now. I don't care what it is, any deeply held belief, even my own. I continue to question because that's the path of truth-seeking. So I'm an iconoclast occasionally. And sometimes it will confirm things that many, many, many others have thought in the past. That's fine, too. I'm just trying to approximate the truth as much as possible. Now, the Ascendant, as I said, is this point. It's well-defined. It's on the horizon. It's It's the point of intersection between the horizon of your birthplace and the ecliptic. To the east, that's the Ascendant. And to the west, that's the Descendant. That's a description of the Ascendant. Always, always, always. And it has its place primarily on the ecliptic. But now we get to the midheaven. Ah, that's different. The midheaven in reality does not have its primary point of origin on the ecliptic whatsoever. Well, this will be a shock for many astrologers. No, it's basically a point on the equator. It's basically a point on the equator. Why? Hmm. Why would that be? Well, if you look at the intersection between the midheaven, I wish I had graphics here, but I don't, and the ecliptic, it usually won't be a right angle. That's a sign that something's up. The midheaven has its primary place on the equator. We project it onto the ecliptic. We project it on the ecliptic. That is, we continue the midheaven down going from the place of birth it's a line going north south the midheaven right it goes to the place of birth it intersects at 90 degree angle with the equator but not with the ecliptic and that's the worm and the beautiful apple you pick up this beautiful apple and want to eat it and then a, a really ugly worm pokes its head out oh my god there's something wrong here that was always my feeling with house systems with these i've mentioned right the ones that collapse when you go further north Do you ever hear of the East Point and the West Point? Some of your technical astrologers have. Some say it's like a a, a a second descendant. Well, that's not totally wrong. The East Point is a, is is a point that's always on the equator. It's always exactly 90 degrees from the midheaven. Now, remember, I said before, some astrologers for a long time have said that the true tenth house cusp. Should be always 90 degrees from the ascendant. These people are right. Those people have been correct. And I read about that when I first started. Some people always take always 30, they call it the 30 degree house. The house is always 30 degrees large, right? 12, you always have 12 houses, always 30, they're all the same size. And it's because they put house 10 always 90 degrees from the ascendant. What does that mean? If your ascendant is, I have a chart on screen here, seven degrees Leo, then your cusp 10 is always seven degrees Taurus. My ascendant is 22 Sagittarius, so cusp 10 will be 22 Virgo, always 90 degrees. If your ascendant's two degrees Capricorn, somebody's probably listening to this who does have that ascendant, then your cusp 10, not your midheaven, but your cusp 10, will be two degrees Libra. 90 degrees from there. Those people who have said that and have been, been around forever in astrology, they're totally correct. However, I think they're not. most of them are not correct in one thing. They then relegate the midheaven to a secondary position. They say, well, but we still use the midheaven as a separate point. It could fall into house nine, could fall into house 10, maybe even house eight or 11 in extreme cases. And that's an important point we've recognized. Okay, they're right about it being an important point, but they're not right about it being just a point that you could add there. No. What you should do, and you can do this with omnicycles. Oh boy, this is another thing that's gonna shock you. I really hope you're sitting down. Because you say, oh my god, I thought I knew astrology, so I thought I had it all in, in a nice little drawer that I just had to open whenever I did a client short. Well, I used this, I used Placidus, and now I'm destroying all those illusions that you've had. I'm I'm sorry because I know how hard it is for people to change their minds. And I realize many minds, I'm not going to change at all. They're going to stick to what they believe just because they want to believe it. Okay. Boy, we've had many examples of that in these last, this last year and a half especially. That's part of my fight uh, against people who just believe things, not looking at evidence or anything, just believing what they want to believe. I won't get into those subjects now, though I've done it enough in other, in other talks I've given. What we should do in astrology And this is not just something I came up with. You know how astrologers think? oh, I've come up with something, some new technique that I just invented last night. No, this is the fruit of of over 40 years of thinking, really, and starting in 2016, really deep study of astronomical realities because astrology and and astronomy must go hand in hand. They really must go hand in hand as far as possible. I'm not saying there's nothing in astrology where you can't find a basis in astronomy, but as far as possible, you know, Astrology and astronomy are kind of like psychology and medicine in that sense. Medicine deals with the physical person, and psychology with the... With the it should be spiritual side, because psyche is more like spirit, but it's, well, I'll say the, the mental side, if you're an atheist, right? The mind side of it. And it's like astronomy, physical realities, and astrology, the meanings of those positions, right? So get back to this Listen very carefully The ascendant is an axis that has a, an astronomical reality that's very clearly defined It must be a point to the east of place of birth that's on the horizon that is 90 degrees from your place of birth and always on the ecliptic That's your ascendant And it divides the top half from the bottom half of a chart right Now this point that's 90 degrees from that the people use 30-degree houses. I, like many astronomers, thought, well, that's so simplistic. All oh, the house 30 degrees? No, it has to be something more complex like Placidus or Koch. No, no, no. The simplistic uh, believers, that is 30, they were right. I've concluded they were right. But maybe some of them didn't describe it just the right way. Let me describe it the right way. See if you can get your mind, see if I can explain it well enough that even without a picture, it's always worth a thousand words, as we know, that you can understand this. If you take the ascendant, look at your chart right now. Look at your chart. Take a person, two degrees Capricorn ascendant. Okay, the point 90 degrees from that at the top will be cus 10. Not, it's not the mid heaven. This person will have a mid heaven that's going to be further advanced in Libra, right? It's going to be further advanced. Well, a person born in Granada, if they're born, say, in Hamburg, then it's going to be in Scorpio. I'm talking about the point that's 90 degrees from the Ascendant at the top part of the chart, right? So no matter what your Ascendant is now, if it's 7 degrees Leo, take the point 7 degrees Taurus, 90 degrees. If it's 2 Capricorn, take the point 2 Libra. That's the point cusp 10 in an equal house system from the Ascendant. I have given that point a new name. I don't just say, well, yes, it's the cusp 10 in the ascendant system or in the 30 degree system. No, no, because this point is more important than you might realize. It's not simply, well, cusp 10 in a 30 degree system starting from the ascendant. No, no, it's not just that. It's something much more important astronomically. I call this point the EZ point. That's an E and a Z. (laughs) Not E-A-S-Y. But, you know, that that gets it into your mind. Oh, it's the easy point, right? It's the EZ point. What does EZ mean? It means ecliptic zenith. Let me explain that. The ecliptic, right? Uh, The EZ point, that is that point on the top part of your chart that's 90 degrees from your ascendant, is the point on the ecliptic that is closest to your place of birth. That is, some points on the ecliptic are going to be on the opposite side of the earth, obviously, right? So if you project them onto the, the chart of the earth, like on Google Earth, they're going to be far, far away, right? Say that what I call the e point, ecliptic nadir point, that's on the opposite side of the, the earth from your birth chart. But if you see in Google Earth your place of birth and you see the ecliptic line going around the earth, and if you measure the distances of this ecliptic line, which, which point in the ecliptic is close to my place of birth? It will always be that point. It will always be that point. Therefore, you hear sometimes with astrologers, if you have a planet in the midheaven, that's the planet that's closest to you, closest to your place of birth. And that's not always true. Usually it's not true. It is not true. Many astrologers say things like that. I mean, I don't mean astrologers like Robert Hand. He knows the astronomy very well behind the chart although if he uses health house systems, I think he favors Campanus. at least he used to, to combine the Midheaven and the Ascendant, I would say, well, Robert Han, a great astrologer, I admire him, no end, but I think he's wrong on that point. Because, you notice in what I'm describing now with this EZ point, this point that's 90 degrees from your Ascendant at the top of your chart, this is not the Midheaven. Now there are two points in the day will it will be the same because they coincide. The EZ point the point 90 degrees from your ascendant and the midheaven are the same that's when you have a midheaven of zero cancer and then you have the ascendant of zero libra or you have the midheaven zero capricorn you have the ascendant uh, zero aries that corresponds to the points where the ecliptic uh crosses the equator so it's the same thing let's put that aside now for a moment i know some of this is a little hard for you to understand if you're not at least in part, into technical astrology. But I'm trying to make this simple in words. Every once in a while, I throw in something like the last statement. That's for technical astrologers. But they they know that anyway, I assume, right? So to get back to the easy point, that point that's 90 degrees from your ascendant, always, 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 because it's practically defined that way. But it's not just that it's 90 degrees from your ascendant. It's not just that it's an aesthetic point So we can have 30-degree houses, you know, the Ascendant, say, at two Capricorn, and then house two at two Aquarius, and house three at two Pisces. And each house has 30 degrees. It's like one big happy family of equal houses. How democratic is that, right? And I've always gotten the feeling that some astrologers thought, no, these 30-degree houses, that's too simplistic, and we need something more complex, more, more serious. Well, I'm afraid to say you're all wrong, and I was wrong for most of my astrological career. Because any system, I'll repeat this sentence again, write it down if you'd like, and and ponder it. Don't just condemn it and, you know, attack me for saying it. Ponder it. Any house system that puts the Ascendant as house one and the Midheaven always as house ten is a failed house system. It's doomed to break down. And that's the sign. That's the worm in the apple. It says there's something fishy here. And those house systems should never be used. Now, I know your counter arguments to that. I can hear him right now. Because he, say, no, but David, for me, this house system always works. Okay, let me ask you this then. Do you have statistical proof they always work? Have you done, for example, 2000 charts and seen, for example, with your house system, say Placidus, there's a higher percentage of people who die when, say, a malefic, say, for example, Saturn or Mars is in the eighth house. I'll bet you don't have those statistics because they don't exist. And I bet you haven't done them. What you say always works, that's the fallacy I've heard so much from astrologers. Well, for me, it always works. That's an illusion. That is an illusion. I'll explain. That's a subject for another podcast, how this illusion starts in our minds. This idea, well, this always works for me, and so it's always the best. It's an illusion that has two prongs to it. I'll explain that in the future. I won't get into it now. I could talk at least an hour just about that. But believe me, that is an illusion. Unless you have concrete statistical evidence that has been confirmed by further experiments, you don't have anything with your idea. Well, this, this always works for me, you know, da, da, because it doesn't. It really doesn't. Don't fall into that trap. I know some of you are really mad at me now, probably. I mean, people like Robert Han, because he, he knows that these things don't always work. He knows that. He's one of the really, really deep thinking astrologers. Uh, I read his books in the beginning. I'm not talking about his books where he talks about the sun in this house, the sun in that house. But like essays on astrology that's a really deep book get that book and read it i think it's called essays on astrology because he he questions as much as he presents something as fact and that's what astrologers should be doing right we're developing science i like to think of it as a path of science for most astrologers it's a path of religion Uh, you'll see that in further talks i give about astrology Uh, i'm sorry if you're mad at me at this point but if you're using a house system with the ascent. And once again, listen carefully to how I express this, where you say the ascended is cusp one and the midheaven is cusp 10, and they're in the same chart. That's a failed and flawed health system, and you should abandon it immediately. But now you find yourself swimming around without, a, without being able to swim and with no life as a middle of the Atlantic. Say, David, what am I going to use then? What can I use? Please tell me. Well, I'm going I'm to let you know. <laughs> okay. Now I know some people when I talk about whether politics or this or that or vaccines or astrology, some will say, well, you sound a bit arrogant, like you're talking down to the people. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I talk, I'm arrogant with myself and I talk down to myself all the time. I say, David, how can you think something so dumb so many years? You have to change your idea. Why? Okay, uh, okay I have Mars in the midheaven. You know how I say midheaven here, not, not cusp ten, I say midheaven. And I want to get to things quickly. I want to come. I want to. I want to be deep. I have a strong Pluto Jupiter in my chart, but I don't want to worry about niceties, being easy on myself. Well, David, maybe, maybe this, and maybe you weren't totally wrong. If I find I'm totally wrong, I say, you know, you fool, talking to myself, you were wrong. How can you be wrong for so many years? And that's why I talk to myself, and that's why I talk to others, because it's not about your little ego or your big ego or my little or big ego. It's about seeking the truth. Now, if I say. I'm not guarantee you everything, guaranteeing you everything I say here is right. But if I'm wrong, prove it to me. Show it to me. Show me the flaw in my reasoning, in my logic, in what I'm telling you astronomically. Show me where I'm wrong here. And I'll bet you can't, which would mean that huh, yeah, there's a very good chance I'm right. But I'm not going to leave you swimming out in the ocean there. Now that you've looked at your chart again, you oh, my God, if I can't use the Midheaven house, well, I have no help. Maybe I shouldn't use any houses. Those people were wrong, too, I think. Those who said, well, there are so many debates among aficionados of house systems, and they always, they even fight with each other. So we're just going to reject all house systems. That's also, a, that's, that's a, an easy way out. That's a cop-out. You shouldn't do that either. Once again, the ascendant astronomically is totally sound. The easy point, that is cusp 10 in the ascendant system, 30 degree houses, a little tip here, any house system that's used, should always have 30 degree houses. Once again, you're probably, I hope no one even had a heart attack. You know, cause I could really shock people, saying, if you, especially if an older astrology, uh, astrologer, and you've been using a certain system all your life, you know, whatever it may be, and oh my God, he's saying I can't use plastic and saying, oh my God, you have a heart attack. I hope that doesn't happen. If so, don't blame me, because I warned you in the beginning I was going to be <laughs> a little shocking, right? You sort of sat down and, and drunk something to calm your nerves before you listen. This is your fault if you have a heart attack. Or maybe it's that second vaccine you got a week ago. Oh, well, let's see. Maybe, uh, maybe your wife should do an autopsy on you. Whatever. <laughs> I have to throw in something about that every single talk I give. But it's one of the main subjects of our time. So forgive me for, for doing so. But it's important. Okay. Now, the Ascendant and the easy point. I'm not going to go over that spiel with the, the Ascendant and, and cusp 10 in the equal house 30 degrees from the Ascendant. It's much too long. We're going to call it from here on the EZ point. That's the point at the top of your chart that serves as the cusp of the 10th house. It's exactly 90 degrees from the Ascendant and all the houses are 30 degrees. This is astronomically the soundest system if you want to use the ascendant as the cusp of one you notice how i phrase that if you want to use the ascendant as the cusp of one no matter what you choose as i won't call it an ascendant because the east point is not an ascendant whatever you want to choose as that point to the left of the chart that starts the whole system of houses if you choose to start there you could theoretically start with house one any point you want i won't that's somewhat deeper i won't get into that yet But assuming you want to have a chart where to the left in the chart, you have a a starting point and you have houses that go counterclockwise, one, two, three, four. First of all, all houses, no matter what system you choose, should always be 30 degrees per house. And that can be astronomically backed up. That's not just some theory of mine. Astronomically, it makes total sense. And second of all, for an ascendant-based system, house 10 should be this EZ point, that is it's 90 degrees from the Ascendant and from the descendant. it's at the top of the chart, and that point represents astronomically the degree on the ecliptic, whose zenith, that is whose point, if you project the ecliptic onto the earth, it's the point that is closest to your place of birth. Okay, now let's get to the midheaven. The midheaven, contrary to what many astrologers said, it's, if a planet's on midheaven, it doesn't mean it's a planet closest to your place of birth. That would be a planet on the EZ point. Example. Let's take a chart. And, you know, uh, I could say my chart. Uh, where could you see my chart? Do I have my? I'm gonna, let, excuse me. Uh, so we have some kind of graphic here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go into our site, Omnicycles.com. Omnicycles.com. I'll put it in the links there. And let's see if I just happen to have my chart use as an example. <laughs> I mean, you can download Omnicycles. I think there's one chart in the database. It's my chart. It serves as an example, right? Uh, I even forget what my site looks like. Oh, wow. If you go into my site, Omnicycles.com, you'll see a lot of graphics. Uh, I clicked on coordinate systems. A lot of what I'm talking about now, it says. Omnicycles uses a variety of coordinate systems. Click on that big button there and you'll see some of the graphics. Some things might become clearer from that. I don't know. Uh, Let's see, ecliptic. Do I use my chart? Indeed, I do. Go into the page in Omnicycles.com. It says expanded chart analysis, ecliptic, right ascension, prime, vertical horizon, etc. It says then a variety of coordinate systems. Go down the page. At the bottom, you'll see many little charts ecliptic right ascension click on ecliptic for one to see my ecliptic base chart right well let's see you might have to make your screen a little smaller with control and then plus or minus to be able to see my complete chart but you'll see my chart there it's done for the ez point as cusp 10 right right now in a placidus system which i don't think I have here, like Placidus Koch, because it's not about that. It's about real astronomical health systems, right? You would see my midheaven as being conjunct my Mars. You get something approximate to that if you go to the right ascension chart there. That's next to the ecliptic. And you'll see how the midheaven there, well, this is mundane prime vertical. It's not the same as oh, it's mundane It's right ascension. Ah, no. Yeah, click on you see that page I was talking about, that ecliptic at the bottom there. You see these little charts, right? Right next to it. Don't click on mundane RA, right ascension. Click on just right ascension chart, right? And then it expands, and you'll see how my Mars is on the midheaven. My midheaven being 1224 Libra. Now, on the ecliptic, my midheaven is 13, about 1328. In other words, if you did my chart in Placidus, you see my midheaven as 13 degrees Libra. But the Midheaven is really a point on the equator. I hope I'm not losing you here. But you'll see that this chart also has 30 degree houses. But its Ascendant in quotes, that is its first house, is the East Point, EP. It's not the Ascendant, the normal Ascendant. In other words, what I'm running by you here is the following. The midheaven, I can tell you from over 40 years' experience, is a very important point in astrology. The ascendant, well, very important axis, I should say, mid-heaven, lower heaven, right? It's a very important point. It responds very well to transits to natal planets there. Just as the ascendant is a very important axis, ascendant, descendant. But they do not belong in the same chart. And I don't care if millions of astrologers put them in the same chart, it's a mistake to do so. Well, I feel like, you know what I feel, I feel like here? I feel like a fellow Scorpio, Martin Luther. You know the story of Martin Luther? Lutheran religion. I'm not a Lutheran. I don't consider myself a Christian in that sense. I'm a, I am do believe in a supreme intelligent creative force, call it God, but I'm not a, a Christian in that sense. But what did Martin Luther do? Well, for centuries, it was Catholic dogma, Catholic dogma. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute here. Some of these things the church is doing aren't right, you know. These indulgences, selling out little piece of paper, and if you buy this, you can get a hundred years less in purgatory, because it went to finance the building of St. Peter's. And well, Get into history, it was a really interesting story. But other things the church had taught, and Luther said, wait a minute, this just, they're not following really the Gospels, and so what did he do? He came out and he wrote these theses, you know, this it, it long list of grievances, and he tacked them up onto a church door. <laughs> and wow this was the revolution let the revolution begin right (laughs) because the church didn't like it and in the end we had uh well the beginning of protestantism well not really protestantism existed before that but the church had the policy of of just killing all the protestants and so then it wasn't such a big problem but with luther is more complicated because he had backings of a lot of german princes that didn't want to keep paying taxes to rome so they joined up with him it's a long complicated very interesting story but i feel a little like martin luther in other words practically all astrologers using house systems with the midheaven as cusp 10 and ascendant as cusp 1 and all of them believing it and that's their dogma and now I David Bolton come along and say you're all mistaken and you're going to call me crazy you're going to call me a heretic you're going to say I might be an anti-astrologer working really against astrology call me whatever you want I can tell you what I am really I'm just I'm just a person who who thinks pretty clearly and is always looking for the truth and doesn't put my own beliefs first. If something comes up that contradicts my beliefs, I'll throw my beliefs out the window if necessary. I've done it several times in my life. Do you know I used to be an opponent of astrology through my high school and college years. I would argue against astrology and I'd always win the debates because I'm an excellent debater. It was only later I found out, my God, I was wrong. And now arguing for astrology, I also win the debates, maybe because I'm a good debater, but no, now I know much more. And this is not, I'm not saying to praise myself. Once again, no brag, just fact. I'm an excellent debater. <laughs> but I learned early it's possible to debate, to debate something with success and you could be totally wrong. And that happened to me. And that's a humbling experience. But I know that. In this case with the houses, I have the, the astronomy to back up what I say. And I have the logic and reasoning to back up what I say. Now, once again, you'll be saying, no, but David, I've been using this unequal house system for years and it, and it works for me I'm going to burst your bubble there once again in a future podcast episode I won't do it here it would be much too long but once again in the ascendant system to call it that you wouldn't have to call it that but we'll call it this and yes, basically it's the ascendant system cusp 10 is not just a beautiful point that's exactly 90 degrees and that therefore it gives 33 houses and look how symmetrical it is, So is we're going to use this no it's not just that The point of cusp 10 is the point in the ecliptic that's closest to your place of birth. Think about what cusp 10 is if you're born on the equator. Uh, In that case, cusp 10 is the point directly overhead. Think about this. this. It's important for astrologers to have imagination and to imagine the positions of the planets in the sky. What does this really mean? Were you ever in a tropical area? I spent some months in Panama. It's eight degrees north. And I was there in April. In that month, the sun is directly overhead. You know what that feels like? Because if you're in America, continental United States, or if you're in Europe, the planets and the sun, even in summer, it's pretty high in the sky, like, uh, you know, around end of June. Sun's pretty high in the sky, but it's not exactly over your head. But if you're in the tropics, or say in Panama, eight degrees north, in April, for example, then the sun, in, when April and October, is directly above your head. Think about what that means. It's very hot. Oh my God, I can tell you, it's really hot. But then when it's a full moon, the moon is directly above your head. This is what the 10th house really is. I mean, the concept of a 10th house is that we have the Ascendant, it's 90 degrees from us, it's on the horizon. Yeah. It's on the east where the sun rises and the Descendant where the sun sets. But the concept of tentaels is zenith, really, in its purest form. It's what's directly above our head. But because we're born in the north, the planets are never directly above our head. So we have to have a substitute. That is, the planets on the ecliptic, that's never directly above our head if we're born, say, in a continental United States or in Europe. The planets are always somewhat to the south. So we have a substitute, a point that's closest to that point directly above our head, but it's as close as it can get, let's say, right? Now... Once again, if you're at my site, you're looking at my chart, if you're just imagining that, on a midheaven-based chart, Mars is close to the midheaven. But my Mars, in reality, the zenith of my Mars projected onto the Earth, is 45 degrees from my place of birth. But other planets, are like Pluto, is considerably closer. You don't see that in either chart. That gets a little too deep for my purposes here. But I will say this. Imagine your midheaven is once again to use well use my chart here is 13 degrees Libra in the ecliptic chart, but my EZ point that point 9 degrees my ascendant is 22 Virgo. A transit is going to be for me higher in the sky, not when it's on my midheaven, but when it's on my EZ point, always always. And you know, I note this, when Jupiter went over my easy point, that was 2016, I spent months getting into these things more deeply. It was astrologically probably the period of the greatest mental expansion I've had in my life, a period of like six to eight months. I recognized so many things I didn't recognize before, and it was Jupiter square my ascendant. That is on the EZ point on this point, 90 degrees from my ascendant. When it was then on my midheaven, I didn't notice it nearly as strongly, because my midheaven is further away from my place of birth. If I put that in degrees, my EZ point—if you imagine that projected onto the globe—it's 40 degrees from my place of birth, but the midheaven is 45 degrees. So it's a little further away. So, and really, that is all a zone. I know people look for the exactness of transits, but when you talk about transits to the topmost houses in the chart and the bottommost, you can't do it by, it's two degrees or three degrees. And that's a subject for another talk. This will also blow people's minds because I've never read this view anyplace else, but it's totally in accord with astronomy, as it should be. And maybe it's a new idea in astrology, that one, namely. What I'm telling you here, that houses should always be 30 degrees. That's not a new idea. But the foundation for that, I had never seen expressed so clearly. Some have, though, I'm, I'm certain, that this easy point, they called it something else. They called it, well, cusp 10 in the ascendant system, you know, 30 degree houses. Uh, that's really the point in the ecliptic that's closest to your place of birth. And therefore, it's a very, very special point astronomically. The midheaven, Primarily is a point on the ecliptic. The point 90 degrees from that to the east is your so-called east point. Follow that point because it's very important. But I'll give you another tip here. The midheaven and the east point have their true domain not in the ecliptic normal chart, but on the right ascension chart, a type of chart in astrology that's been almost totally neglected by all astrologers that's why you won't find it in most astrology programs. Very, very few astrologers even talk about that. But the right ascension chart, and I'll use this in closing, this just gives you a sneak preview of what's to come in these talks. Uh, In the future, maybe, if I don't want to do a video, I could at least put a few graphics there that you can download and look at while I'm talking to you. Uh, I think I'll do that in the future. This is just an introduction Uh, to this theme. I hope you've managed to get a a grasp of it. First of all, I want to repeat the main points, and I feel certain now about these points. First of all, all house systems, no matter what, you should have 30-degree houses. It doesn't matter whether it's an Ascendant-based chart, an East Point, Midheaven-based chart. It doesn't matter what it is. They should all have equal houses, 30 degrees. And that's not just for the beautiful symmetry and avoiding the problem of unequal houses. No, it's due to astronomical reasons that I'll get into more deeply in future talks. It's not just something I made up, it's something very sound. First of all. Second of all, all of these house systems that put the midheaven as cusp 10 with the ascendant as cusp 1. You notice how I formulate that. I don't say the, the midheaven should never be house 10, it should be. If you use midheaven as house 10 and the east point as house 1, then it should be cusp 10. But it should not be in the same chart with the ascendant, with the ascendant being cusp 1 and the midheaven being cusp 10. And that is a flawed system. That's why it breaks down the further north you go and why eventually it totally breaks down. That's the worm and the apple. And that it took so long for practically all astrologers to realize this is for me a great mystery. I'll tell you why it took me so long. Almost 40 years to totally, I, I mean, all, all along I thought, these house systems I'm using, they just can't be right. But why it took me so long? It was a question of belief, because the first books I used had Placidus and then Koch, and I got used to using them, and so it took me decades to realize the truth about these things. And other astrologers, are still, they still haven't realized. They haven't gone into the astronomy, they haven't thought about it deeply enough, they just keep doing the same things they've always done, just like in religion, Right? We have our Lutheran dogma or Episcopalian dogma, and we've always done it that way, so that must be right. Oh, my God. Uh, Astrology should be somewhat better than that, not just believing things because you've always done it. So, once again, any ascendant-based system where you want to use the ascendant as cusp 1, you should use the easy point, that point 90 degrees from the ascendant at the top of your chart. That should be cusp 10, and all houses are equal. I am not saying neglect the midheaven. But I'm saying don't just put it in as as some point there. No, no. Because the Midheaven is so important that deserves also another chart. That's what I'm getting at here. Every astrologer should be looking not at one chart, but at two charts. The one chart is the Ascendant-based chart with the easy point there at the top. All houses 30 degrees. The second chart is the Midheaven chart with the East point as cusp 1, also 30 degrees. And furthermore, the Midheaven has its primary place on the equator. Therefore, the Midheaven-based chart, Midheaven-East Point chart, East Point serving as uh, cusp 1, that chart should be primarily a right ascension chart, as you can do with Omnicycles. If you download the Omnicycles program, you can do any natal chart and then in coordinates you can choose ecliptic that's the normal chart and if you want you can experiment with placidus you can go into the preferences and choose the house system placidus but i suggest when you go into preferences you choose house system and put equal from ascendant as the standard equal from ascendant that should always be what you use when you use the ascendant but at coordinates you can then choose the second type of chart that's the right ascension chart And that's going to show you a different type of chart. It's going to be, in some cases, pretty much the same. In other cases, quite different. For example, my ascendance in Sagittarius, 22 degrees. My east point is 11 degrees Capricorn. So my midheaven base chart is going to have that. Well, if it's in right ascension, it's going to be 12 Capricorn, midheaven 12 Libra instead of 13 Libra. Because we can use the midheaven on the ecliptic, but then we have to project it. This subject of projections I'll get into in another talk. Morinos, uh, Morin, the great French astrologer, he ever look at the Morinos houses and how they use the east point as the ascendant? When I first saw them many decades ago, I thought, that's kind of strange. Why would he do that? Now I know why he did that, because he recognized something about how we're projecting the midheaven onto the ecliptic. I know that's hard to imagine. I'll get into that in the future. But once again, don't forget these points. Any health system, and I know this is ruffling feathers, sorry, but I don't care. I see this is the truth, and it's not a weird belief that I picked up in some book written by, I don't know, somebody a hundred years ago or, or six months ago. Astrologers do that too, you know. Some astrologer writes a book, and then all these younger people that are into astrology, oh, yes, well, it must be true. Like Chiron, why, some, a few years after a discovery, some woman wrote an entire book on that. Well, it must be true, because she wrote it. Oh, come on now, people any time any asteroids discovered, we need decades to find out what it means if we want to work at all scientifically. But astrologers make money writing these books and and having their theories and most of them they got from other people or they come up with some things based on symbology of mythology and suddenly it becomes a dogma of astrology. Uh, We should be better than that as astrologers. We should be real thinkers. (laughs) We should be real thinkers, you know, not just, I I mean, I know that, that a lot of Religious believers are real thinkers, but their mistake is they take, for example, if they're Catholic, Catholic dogma, and they accept that. And then within that framework, they think. And they might think deeply, but they always have that framework limiting them. I don't allow myself to be limited by any framework. Everybody has their mental frameworks, their paradigm. I'm ready to throw my paradigm out the window at any moment if the counter evidence is overwhelming or if through this reasoning I've come to go, wait, well, this doesn't make much sense when you really think about it. We have to think deeply in any area, no matter what it is. But most people are so comfortable just accepting and think, well, that's the problem in medicine, isn't it? Somebody goes to medical school, and the medical schools are all totally dominated by pharmaceutical industry. So we're not into holistic medicine. There we're into if the patient so has these symptoms, they probably have this disease, so give them this drug. Or you can give them this drug or this drug. Hey, that's more expensive. Everyone can make more money, right? And if it's something else, you give them this drug. It's all just drug-based. And holistic medicine is, well, something of those quacks, alternative doctors that the industry fights against because you can't make as much money with those. But let's face it, medicine is much more complicated than giving a drug for this, a drug for that. Uh, The failure of that system is seen in psychiatry. Oh, boy, the stories I could tell you there. Not that I've ever needed a psychiatrist, psychologist, because I never have, but I've known people who have. And you, you have certain symptoms. One psychiatrist says you're, you're obsessive compulsive. Another one says you're, you're paranoid. Another one says that you're schizophrenic. Another one says you're just depressed, and each one gives you a different drug. Oh, yes, they've had experiments like that. Whistleblowers going to four different psychiatrists. Uh, in one case, they had a reporter. who uh, really didn't have any mental problem at all. He just memorized a set of symptoms and went to four different psychiatrists and filmed them. He had a briefcase with a camera in. He filmed them and recorded them, telling them the symptoms. And one said he was paranoid. One said he was this, one that. And each one prescribed a different psychiatric drug. Maybe that's why people go crazy with these psychiatric drugs. That's, that's a podcast episode for another time, I'm saying. In all areas, we must continue to think and not just accept a paradigm. Oh, it's all everybody uses. Blasius, everybody uses unequal health systems, so I'm going to use it too. No, they're all flawed, and we should not be using them. And I'll take up that debate with anybody, but don't come at me with arguments like, "Well, it's always worked for me because I can." I'll, I'll burst that bubble in two minutes, <laughs> well, maybe five minutes, but I'll burst that bubble in any case. That's just an illusion. And I myself have suffered from that illusion. Well, it seems to work, but with houses, not really. From the beginning, I, I used plasters, I said that, and then Koch, but I'd compare them and use and then compare them and, and where does this work? And I know, yeah, sometimes the cusps work with transits better with one system than the other, it seems. But you do enough cases, you'll see that balances out. I think none of these systems are working. Personally, I think none of these systems are working. And to what extent? Even the 30-degree houses work. I'm not going to swear to you, they always work. Uh, That's something else, isn't it now? But I will say this, the Ascendant is an astronomical reality that sure seems to work well in astrology. The Midheaven as well. And that's why astrologers were seduced into thinking, well, I'll use Ascendant for cusp 1 and Midheaven for cusp 10 because they both work well. That's the mistake. That gives you these unequal houses. Those systems collapse the further north you go. And they give ridiculous unequal houses. The midheaven and the ascendant should not be used in the same chart. You should do two, two charts for every person. One ascendant-based, one midheaven-based. And ideally, it would be one ascendant-based on the ecliptic and one midheaven-based using the right ascension chart that you could get in Omnicycles. Go to Omnicycles.com. Use the link I'm going to put into the... the, the the description of this podcast, go to Omnicycles, download Omnicycles, you have problems with it, contact me, Uh, I think you have to, if you use like Windows 10, sometimes it won't work with the installation, you have to install it as administrator, right click the XA file and install as administrator, first of all, and uh, sometimes you're running some other problem, I can solve that problem for you, I don't know, I don't uh, remember exactly what the problem is. But it can be used on Windows 10, Windows 8. It's only a Windows program. Sorry, you Mac fans, unless you have an emulator, then you could use it too. But it has techniques that no other program has. It has the the right ascension chart. It has the zenith chart. Uh, Zenith charts have been done in the past. Uh, I think ours is better than what's done in the past. But then we're using ones, seeing ones in the past in Having a format that's even more practical to use. And this is also related to that. Always remember that the chart you do in two dimensions, no matter what kind of chart you do on your screen, is only two dimensions, but reality is three dimensional. And that's why the use of two different charts, as in the beginning, the Ascendant Base chart on the one hand and the Midheaven East Point chart are giving you a little bit of these three dimensions, and the Zenith chart, even more of that. So I think for any person, we should do several charts. You know, this is good news, really, because I notice many astrologers are always looking for something new, like the Holy Grail. What, what else can we use? Like, and usually go down the path of, oh, another asteroid. Oh, look, they discover another asteroid. They named it, I don't know, some kind of other Greek god or goddess. I think all their names are taken. And so what was that Greek goddess like? Oh, she was like that. So that therefore, that's the meaning. Uh, come on now, please think a little bit. According to that reasoning, the asteroid that's named... Uh, Michael Jackson, and there is one. I think there's one named Michael Jackson. There's thousands, thousands of asteroids. So if you have Michael Jackson conjunction with your son, I suppose you're a closet homosexual who is into children and you're also mentally disturbed. You want to change your race and your sex through a series of operations. Is that how you interpret the asteroid Michael Jackson? Yes, he was a he was a great musician, dancer, etc. Uh, but let's face it, he was a little messed up upstairs. And if you have your asteroid Michael Jackson conjunction your sun or Mars, don't worry. I don't think it means that really. But that's how superficial many people are Oh, they discovered another asteroid. It's called this. Well, what would that mean in my chart? And going right over into interpretation. Uh, That's not the path. That's not a scientific path, people. (laughs) That's a path of nonsense and religion. Or nonsensical religion, I should say. Religion doesn't have to be nonsense, of course. And so think, think, think. Don't just adopt the system and think, well, this is my this is my system, and it always works because it seems to work for me. Come on now, that's a sandbox. That's, uh, we have to mature a bit further than that. Okay, I can say that with the benefit of being 65 years old. <laughs> I mean, when I was in my early 20s, I was using Placidos all the time and thinking, thinking wow, if we could just learn enough techniques, we can dis- dis- describe everything about human beings with astrology. And I'll tell you right now, I was a young fool in thinking so. Because no, that can't be done. I can prove, in another podcast episode, I'll prove to you the limits of astrology. I can prove to, I really prove to you. I'm not talking about theory. I'm talking about proof that astrology is really quite limited as to what it can do. I will give you absolute proof in another podcast episode that will be much shorter than this one. And it's something that many astrologers still haven't grasped. I think if they add enough asteroids, enough techniques, they'll be able to know more and more. In the end, they know 95%, 98%. You can't get anywhere close to that, no matter how good in astrology you are. Unless you're using something else as well, like psychic ability. Ooh, that explains a lot, but I'm not going to get into that here. These are just all teasers for future podcast episodes. I hope you've grasped the main point and I hope you look at your chart with different eyes now. I'd like you to look at your own chart for the moment at the end here. Look at your own chart and look at your ascendant, if you can with your software, pull up the 30-degree houses, you know, with the they won't call it easy point if you're not using OmniScript. It won't see say E Z there it'll be like cusp 10 or something. use And then look at that point, what I call the easy point, the point 90 degrees from your ascendant, the point that's at the top of your chart, 90 degrees, right? And consider that that is the point in the ecliptic close to your place of birth that has every bit as much right, even more, it has more right to be cusp 10 in your chart than does the midheaven in an ascendant-based system. In a midheaven-based system, The midheaven has the right to be cusp 10. But then the east point has the right to be the first cusp. You see that? Two different charts. But look at your own chart and start to look at your own chart with other eyes. Consider transits to that E, Z point there. They're square your ascendant. But don't just say, oh, it's square my ascendant. Say it's at the point closest to my place of birth. In another episode, I'm going to go into how important the distribution of planets is in the chart. I hope I've given you a good introduction to this theme and with practically words only describe the astronomical situation here. For anybody a little more advanced, you will have understood what I'm talking about. For others, maybe not, but don't worry, in the future will be much clearer. If you download Omnicycles experiment with this, you're going to start to understand. And especially you get into the Google Earth module of Omnicycles. Uh, I might have done a talk and a video on that years ago in 2016, I'll have to look and check. Uh, that explains how you can do the Google Earth thing. And when you see your chart positions projected onto the Earth, you'll start to understand a lot more. But this is part of my project to deconstruct and reconstruct astrology. Get rid of a lot of the nonsense that's been taught in astrology. A lot of the things that don't have any sound astronomical basis. A lot of the fallacies of astrology. And move astrology into the 21st, maybe even 22nd century. Going more towards the path of science. And no, I'm not negating the role of intuition or psychic ability. I'm not negating it. I'll get into the interaction between scientific astrology and the intuition of of the individual astrologer in another talk stay tuned by the way my podcast channel much of it has to do with politics you might not want to hear my views on those things at all depending on how brainwashed you've been (laughs) maybe you just don't want to hear any opposing views Uh, maybe you do fine either way it's fine but i'm going to mark all of the astrological talks with astrology beginning like astrology colon and then the this, this specific subject and if you listen to them uh, get prepared for some iconoclastic thinking and i will say some very clear thinking i back up what i say i've thought these things through for many decades and i invite you to do the same before you reject what i say or before you accept what i say as well be sure you're following exactly what i'm saying in my thought processes And think critically. And if I say anything you think just cannot be right, please write to me and let me know, because maybe I'm wrong in some detail. But on this subject, I don't believe so. Everything I've told you is in accord with the astronomy, and it makes total sense, believe me. And the only thing people can throw at me is, well, no, but my my pano system works so well for me. And that's just a subjective illusion, I'll say. And I'll I'll explain how that works in another episode. Because as you know, we who are on the path of Socrates, now I'm preparing my final words, as you see, we always unceasingly question, instead of naively accepting what others, even if those others be great astrologers, want us to believe, for this is the path of Socrates. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope it's brought you something or another. And until the next time, this is David Bolton saying bye now.